Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. This is where success happens. A member of the industry syndicate, Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. What's up, Mortgage Coach Dave Savage coming live. This is the Mortgage Coach Tuesday interview every Tuesday, nine o'clock Pacific. We're here to bring you leadership. We're here to bring you inspiration. And we are here to bring you ideas to elevate you as a mortgage professional. Uh, Today is a very special Tuesday. One, it's the first Tuesday on the second half of 2021. So game on. We just came out of halftime for this year. And this is not only the first Tuesday, this is the first full working day of the second half of 2021. And who better than to have the man, the myth, the mortgage legend, Todd Duncan with us today. What's up, Todd? Hey man, happy uh, happy July sixth. And Dave, there's another special um, specialness about today's date because on July sixth, 1992, I launched the Duncan Group. Woo. I, so here we are. <laughs> so so Todd, just to flashback, I followed, start following you. When it was I don't know if it was Pratt and Duncan or Duncan and Pratt, but when when that was there, and I think. You guys were doing some special training for the Hammond company, Tom Hammond's company, and it wasn't available to the public. And I was like young, hungry, wanted to get to the next level. And I wanted I, I wanted to go to that event so bad. I almost, I think I interviewed with the Hammond company and I, I almost <laughs> like snuck in to your private event. And then I think a, a year or two later, you launched Sales Mastery and I didn't have to sneak in. Oh, it's beautiful. And I think you hold, I think you and one other guy in America have been to every one of them. So uh, it's, it's pretty exciting, Dave. Pretty exciting. And, and Always good to be with you in the mortgage coach community too. Well, it's good to be with you. And for any new loan officers out there, mortgage coach was launched from the sales mastery stage. I had the opportunity to, I think I spoke on a panel the year prior to launching mortgage coach, but um, I think it was 1996 or 1997 that we launched mortgage coach into the wild and that happened on Todd <laughs> So, so as always, Todd, thank you for your leadership, and then thank yeah. you for the amazing community, uh, the sales mastery community that you created. So, so this is an interesting year, uh, and I, I quite frankly can't think of a time I, I had um, bre- coffee this morning with Patrick Palmer, and we were just catching up. He lives down the street from me. And, and I, you know, one of the questions I ask when I'm with a, a very elite leader like, like him is, hey, what's, what do you think is going to happen between now and next year? And he's like, Dave, I don't know. You know, he's like, it's, it's a crazy time in the mortgage space. And I'm not going to list all the wildness that's gone on over the past 18 months. But I, I think it's safe to assume it's a really important time for your career. If you're new, it's critical. And if you've been doing this for a decade or two, it's never been more important that we're doing the right things right. So Todd, you you had the idea of talk less, sell more. And so I guess I just have you, you know, I don't know if you want to start with just speaking to why is that the title of today's conversation or, you know, what you think is going to happen over the next couple couple months between now and midtime next year. Yeah, thanks. <clears throat> you know, I, I've been uh, I've been through a lot of these cycles. I know you have too, Dave. And um, <clears throat> when you really when you look at markets that are a little bit unpredictable, especially coming out of a good run, right? We had a great run in the mortgage space, and and, and it's not entirely over, but it is changing faster than I think faster than a riptide on a on a on an incredible summer day. There's there's so many moving parts going on right now. There's just so much happening with the uncertainty of the economy. There's so much happening with the uncertainty of rates. There's so much happening with the uncertainty of jobs and employment. There's so much happening with the uncertainty of wages and and even just, you know, consumer confidence and things like that. And, you know, one of the things that I learned when I became a loan originator in 1980, if you can imagine, was this idea that it's never really the market that dictates your success. It's what you do in that market. And I think the insurance policy for any market, and I believe this to the deepest part of my core, the insurance policy for any market is trust and attractiveness. And the two things go hand in hand, that that if I trust you, I'm attracted to you. And if I'm attracted to you, I'll let you guide me. But if I don't trust you, I'm not attracted to you. And if I'm not attracted to you, I'll find an option. 
And so when you when you get down to to difficult markets and when you get down to difficult moments in time, I think there's a kind of a propensity for salespeople to talk too much and to feel like they need to sell the client on using them and they need to even go so far as to um, list their accolades and you know what they've done and and it's very important to know that you have experience it's very important to know that <clears throat> you're accountable and you're reliable but it's also more important to know that you're not promoting um, solely as a vehicle to try to get business and what we see in a market like today more than ever is conversational productivity is a mandate and when we talk about conversational productivity we're talking about how healthy are your conversations? How healthy are your dialogues? And if you don't have healthy conversations and dialogues, you'll lose in any market, but you will lose fast in markets like today. The other thing I'll just say about that is, is you know, the, the early advice I got as, as a loan originator was if you want less competition, just really do what they don't do that is truth. And what competition doesn't do that is truth is they don't connect. They don't connect, they don't convert. And there's a, um, there's a real gap. There's a real gap. And what we know from studies, empirical studies, is when salespeople start to feel that they're losing the momentum of a conversation. They, they do the one thing they shouldn't do. And that is they speed up how much they say and how much they talk. And what we know is the opposite should happen. So conversational productivity is about what kind of questions do you ask and how conversational are they? And if you do it right, then people are drawn to you and they're attracted to you. And behind the scenes, Dave, and the reason why this is such an important conversation is because <clears throat> the long-term effect of the markets on the local mortgage lender is you have to begin to break out of the traditional silos and you have to begin to look at being a business offering for your entire community. It doesn't matter if it's the gal that owns the hair salon, or it doesn't matter if it's the guy that owns the shoe store, or it doesn't matter if it, it doesn't matter. You have to you have to start to look at the community in which you live, um, the towns and zip codes in which you serve and do mortgages, and you have to start to look at how impacted are the people in my community that I serve, because that's going to be the fastest way for you to have an insurance policy against whatever we don't know that is about to happen or will happen in changing markets. So it's a, it's it's an art, Dave. It's an art and a science, and it's a real discipline. And I learned it at the Dale Carnegie School of Influence when I first became an LO. And one of the one of the things they taught you is the less you say, the more likely you are to connect and close. It's just it's interesting. It's just an interesting concept. It's a little bit um, unconventional if you think, but deep down inside, people know what we're talking about. There's, there's no doubt. And I love, I love this word. I've never heard conversational productivity put together. I wrote that. I love that. And, and it is so true. You know, when I interview the best loan officers in America, how efficient they are with their words has never been more important. And, and when we promoted this on social media, I talked about how the words you use and the strategies that you deliver, it's never been more important. And you know why guys, because we, Every, every year, it's an ADD information overload. But guys, there's just more information. There's more overload. It's never been harder to be scroll stopping. But there's also never been more science and evidence of like how to be scroll stopping and how to get people's attention and connection. So I love this concept of talk less, say more. Uh, I definitely am going to unpack a few questions throughout the next, I don't know, 50 minutes that we have. Like, yeah. what are some of the most important questions that that help you talk less, say more? Also, want to remind guys, this is a mastermind. If you are watching this live, I will be paying attention in chat of both uh, Facebook group, so Facebook Live comments or takeaways. Put your biggest takeaways and your biggest questions, and if you're watching this in Zoom, put them put them in chat, yeah. and we will get to them. So, so let's talk a little bit about strategies in words because in today's market you got to have a great strategy to connect and to have productive conversations and there are some words that matter more than others where do you want to go with that well i, I think the first thing i want to say and, and everybody needs to write this down is um it is less words that you're going to use 
and it's more words that you're going to hear. And that's the magic formula that if I can ask the right kind of architected questions, and there's questions around five or six different kind of areas, not to complicate anything, but to keep it very simple. I could ask one great question and get a 200 word response from a buyer, a borrower, a real estate agent, whomever. Okay. Or I could ask five questions that have, you know, the propensity to deliver maybe a yes or a no from a client or maybe a 10 word answer. And the key to conversational productivity is you want to ask fewer questions that give you more information. And that's the key. It's, it's as simple as me looking at you and saying that, you know, we've all heard in selling that there's this 80-20 rule and what the conversational productivity measurement is, is exactly the 80-20 rule. And it would mean that in a 10-question conversation, eight of the questions that you're actually asking probably don't have anywhere near the horsepower that two of the questions would have if you asked them differently and then listened with the intent to solve instead of listening with the intent to sell. So in one of the studies that we have, we have three studies. We have one from Harvard, we have one from Deeper Media, and we have one from Princeton. So if I put all those studies together, I'll give you an example of how powerful this concept is. So let's use a hundred words that we would normally say as a professional mortgage, real estate, you know, salesperson, we use a hundred words. And so we call that the seller word count. So you're the seller, right? I'm selling loans or I'm, I'm selling a dream, whatever it is. So hundred words. So when we take a look at the hundred words, what we know is that the less words you would actually use, the higher your conversion rates. I'll give you, I'll give you a statistic. So if you took 100 words and reformatted 25 of those words, so you got rid of 75 words, you reformatted all the way down to 25 words, instead of 100, your closing rate would be 78%, okay? So just use that as a, as a starting point. If out of those same 100 words, instead of using 25, we used 80. So we, we got rid of 20 instead of getting rid of 75, our closing rate drops to 17%. And we look at all of these statistics and what we know is that the greatest sales professionals in the world have gotten very, very good at asking few questions that have magnificent, magnificent attraction. And when they start to hear back from the borrower or the buying agent or the selling agent or the builder, they have learned the discipline of listening and deepening the conversation, deepening the conversation. The way we deepen the conversation is we don't deepen it by talking more. We deepen it by asking fewer questions that then, again, unleash the conversation. So it's a very powerful concept. And uh, I remember the first time that I, I started to deploy it, it was like, in fact, Dave, I was on the seventh floor of American Savings Bank at the airport in John Wayne, Santa Ana, California. And I was sitting there. It was our first corporate deal as a company. And I sat there and I was with the head of production, head of training, head of HR. And then they had three regional managers and they were looking at us and a couple of other sales training firms. And I remember sitting there and I remember the head of production looking across the table and she said, so tell us about the Duncan Group. So she actually started the conversation out by asking me a question. What I learned is if I start telling her about us, we're going to lose. I need to take that question and I need to turn it back into a question. And I think loan officers are guilty of this all the time. We answer questions that buyers throw our way. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with answering, but there's everything wrong with answering them before you know what's really, truly important. So here's what I did. And this was, this was very hairy. So I look at the head of production. She says, tell us about the Duncan Group. And what I said is I said, the Duncan Group is a lot of things to a lot of lenders to make sure we're the right thing for you and American Savings Bank. What's important to you about this training initiative? And right there, that was the question. I turned it right around. And my, 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 uh, my propensity was to kind of like nudge her along and answer it. And one of the things I remembered is, is silence is golden. 
When you ask a question, the longer the silence, the more likely the prospect is really figuring out the right kind of answer that they want to give you. And it felt like it felt like a minute, Dave. It was probably 15 or 20 seconds. And within 45 minutes, all six people had been answering that question. And we ended up showing them what we thought we could do. And two weeks later, we got the biggest contract of our career, of our, our company at that point in our career. And it was just, it was just an interesting dialogue because the other two vendors that lost out. They talked themselves way out of a sale. They started talking about things that didn't matter to the bank, started talking about things that weren't relevant to the bank, started talking about things that weren't important to the bank. And pretty soon they were gone. We were in. And when we asked them, why did you pick us? Here's what they said. So this is a major bank, right? Hundreds of hundreds of billions of dollars in, in assets and, and loan volume. And when we asked, why did you choose us? Here's what the head of production said. She said, we felt like you understood what we were looking for. And that's the key right now, more than ever in a market like we're in. Are you being aware to the point where the prospect feels you really understand them? And that's the power of this whole dialogue. You can't, you can't talk yourself out of the sale. You, you got to be, you got to be competent. You got to, you got to really architect the right questions. Um, and you got to, you got to put it out in a way that causes the consumer to go, wow, I've never thought about this before. And that's the key of conversational productivity, less questions, more knowledge, less selling, more listening, and then people talk themselves right into using you. It's powerful. So, so guys, we're, we're 17 minutes of this conversation and we've already got pure gold. What is your conversational productivity? Uh, are you listening to sell or are you listening to solve? I, I've done a couple interviews over the past, just a couple days. So they're like fresh in my head. And, mm -hmm. and one of those was with Tom Sherman, who I, I know is someone mm -hmm. that you, you coach and someone that you have a lot of respect for and someone you've had a lot of influence in. And, and one of the things in that interview, which by the way, guys, it was just uploaded today. It's in the Mortgage Coach YouTube channel right now. It's the most recent interview. And Tom is a super successful leader. I think is it, I know he does about 500 loans annually and, and he is just passionate about not just closing a loan for someone, about leaving that person more fiscally literate, more prepared to build wealth with real estate. If like a transaction is important to him, but that client's financial success is more important to him. And I, I remember uh, it was in the, the last, I don't know, quarter of the call, we did, a, we did a case study and he shared a family who was out there shopping for 20% loans. And, and he was, you can just tell he was humble. It's like, well, let's see what's right for you. And in this particular case, the client ended up saying, hey, I'm gonna put lesser down payment. Uh, I'm gonna invest that money. And he's able to say, hey, let's see what that money looks like performing over time. Let's put a smaller down payment. I think there might've been some MI, but it, it helped the client achieve their long-term goals. And it made me think, like most loan officers in America, someone calls up and says, hey, I'm looking for 20% down. I got a 850 FICO score. What's your rate? And they're just like points without points. I mean, they're selling the transaction. They're not like, right. so how, what are some ideas you have to help loan officers <laughs> understand the difference between solving versus selling and maybe even speak to some of the things that you've taught Tom that you think have put him in that place to, to really create solutions for people, not just sell loan programs. Yeah. So on the on this idea, if we stay with the theme of of you know the eighty twenty principle and and taking a look at um, less is more, which is really the essence of the eighty twenty rule, um, we then can take it down to where I think most mortgage people and actually probably most real estate agents blow it. And where they blow it is they spend too much more too much time discussing and even asking questions around the economics. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with knowing the economics. There's nothing wrong with, with having a client ask you the, the questions that are about economics, like rate and payment and product and down payment and things like that. But there's everything wrong with you spending 80% of the conversation on economics. And this is where we get into conversational productivity. Conversational productivity in the mortgage space is to first and foremost understand that people are taking on the largest debt of their life and they're buying the biggest asset of their life. And so immediately what you need to know is that I have to sway my entire dialogue 
most of the conversation to emotion. So here's a rule. If you're talking with a borrower and it's a first time conversation, 80% of the conversation has to be around emotion and 20% of the conversation can be around economics. If you're having a conversation with a realtor for the first time, 80% of the conversation has to be around emotion and 20% of the conversation can be around economics. If you invert those and it's the other way around, you will have more competitive force, you'll have more pricing pressure, and you will not be able to close as successfully a new relationship. And let's, let's for a moment understand, Dave, that all of this is about relationship loyalty. The reason we're even having this conversation today is because the future of a mortgage lender, particularly the local mortgage lender, is going to rest in what we call consumer-centric marketing. What consumer-centric marketing is, is I'm building the business on a person-to-person, borrower-to-borrower, seller-to-seller model. I'm not going to rely on traditional models. I'm not going to rely on solely real estate agents feeding my business. I'm going to build a machine around consumer-centric marketing. When Tom Sherman had that interview with you five weeks ago, when he had first met that couple, he did a video to the listing agent on that borrower scenario and talked to them about why it was only a 5% down and why they wanted to park some money on the sidelines in case they needed that to sweeten the deal. And all of that was about emotional construct. And so it's, it's super important. And, and I, wanna, I want everybody to understand, if you're going to spend time on emotion, 80%, you're going to be, spend time on the word feel. So you might want to write that down. Emotional connection equals the word feel. Economic connection equals the word think. And the problem that we get into is we use think when we're trying to establish emotional connection, and we don't use feel hardly at all. How do you feel versus what do you think is a game changer. Just that change alone. How do you feel? How does this make you feel? What do you think? What do you think about this? Okay, if I'm using the word think, I'm using logic. That's not the goal. The goal is to understand that in the highest asset purchase and the highest debt accumulation, it is emotion that rules the day. It's not the economics. The economics follow. But if I know the emotion of a buyer and I know what they're looking for and I understand this around the rules of asking emotionally based questions, then I can come in at the end with logic. And here's what's interesting. If the emotional connection is large, whatever the logical part is, it's pretty much accepted because they trust you and they're attracted to you. It doesn't mean you can be way off. It doesn't mean you know I can I can I can sell a a forty thousand dollar car for fifty thousand dollars because I emotionally connected, but I'm not going to have anywhere near the negotiating or the haggling because I have this connection. So people people need to understand that that feel is the driving force in relationship loyalty, period. How people feel is far more important than what they think. And if they feel more than they think, then they trust you, they're attracted to you, and the bond is bigger. If the deal comes your way and it's a logical conversation and you're able to close that loan and it's still a beautiful experience, the problem is next time and the time after and the time after, and as they refer you to friends, they're going to refer you from a position of logic, meaning that the guy did everything, bent over backwards, got me the best rate, you know, lowered my costs, gave me this, blah, 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 well, that, and that, what that does is it drives everybody to do business with you from that vantage point versus, let me tell you something, I paid a little bit extra in rate, but the strategy that Todd gave me because of our emotional needs for the three kids that are going to college and our kind of our retirement date, it made sense to have a different mortgage strategy, but you can trust this guy, period, end of the day. And that's the difference between what we're really looking for here. So, you know, questions, here's the three rules of asking a great question. You ask the question and you don't lead, you don't prompt, and you don't interrupt. That's the three rules of asking a great question. I could say to Dave, so Dave, help me understand what's important about this mortgage transaction to you. I could leave it right there, right? Or I could lead and prompt. Would it be rate? Would it be payment? Would it be cost? Would it? I don't want to do that. 
because I don't want to lead. I want the client to tell me what's important to them. I don't want to give them multiple choice. I don't want to give them yes or no. I want to give them the opportunity to, if I ask them a 10 word question, to spend the next three or four minutes giving me a 200 word answer. Less questions, more response, then I can solve at a completely different level. And I think salespeople make that mistake all the time. Oh, they they oh. insert the multiple choice. They insert the answers. They, they don't have the discipline to ask a powerful question and then shut up. Because, because they're, they're listening to sell. So they want to sequence it and get to their sell as fast as they can. And by the way, we've all done it. I've done it. Uh, so, so I think it's safe to assume with the consumer, what's important about this mortgage to you, period. Nothing after is a great question to ask. Uh, I want to get two borrower questions taught out of this before we're done with our time. And I want to get at least one or two great real estate agent questions. I, I know a question I coach and teach loan officers to ask because it's unique. It's valuable. It goes beyond the transaction. I'd love to get your impression on it or your feedback on it, although you've probably heard me say it before. But to ask a family, you know, how old do you want to be? when you're debt-free and your home is paid off and let them speak to that. Now, I always have a sequence that's kind of a selling and then well, based off of where you're at right now or the loan we're getting, how old are you going to be? Cause I'm always looking for this gap. Like they want to, they want to have their home paid off five to 10 years faster than they're going to have it paid off. Cause now we can, we can start using strategies to achieve that goal. So first, what are your what are your thoughts on that question? What are your thoughts on the sequencing of it? And is it okay to prompt in that case, knowing that I'm trying to get to a gap? I think the the thing I would say before anything is one of the beautiful um, ideas around asking great questions is that you can really professionally separate yourself from most of the lenders in your community. So like I could say using Dave your same question and and, and I could just modify it a little bit. I could say. Most lenders will never ask you the question I'm about to ask you. Do you have an idea of when you would like to be financially free? You know, and, and, and when I say most lenders will never ask you, and then I ask you, okay, then all of a sudden it's like, wow, no lenders have ever asked me that question, whether this is the, you know, the first call or the second home or the 10th home that I've ever, I've ever, you know, bought. And I think what ends up happening is, we don't understand how powerful it is to realize that in this concept of story selling, I can literally say what most lenders won't do or what most lenders will do is quote you a rate and send you a fee sheet. But what they won't do is make sure that the mortgage for which they are sending that material meets your long and short term investment, financial payment and cash flow objectives. I'm different than every lender out there. So let's have a conversation about what your financial future looks like and what do you want to do and how soon do you want to do it? So I like the question, Dave, because the, the thing that's interesting for everybody to understand is, and it's even getting worse right now, just a year ago, 78% of Americans said that their greatest stress came from money management. So that ought to be a sign to everybody that I need to ask more questions about money management, like Tom Sherman asked, and less questions about interest rate and payment. I need to get really into a different dialogue. Today, that number has gone to 86%. So almost nine out of 10 Americans say the biggest stress they have is financial uncertainty. And that's a proven stat. Huffington Post has it at 91. Princeton has it at 88. Harvard has it at, at 86. That's scary. So yeah, you want to add, and you want to use this with your realtors. Do you know that nine out of 10 people you're going to be selling a home to claim that financial stress is the biggest stress in their life? If an agent knows that and you know it, and you guys are locked stop together and dancing well, the whole conversation is going to be around that type of dialogue, Dave. So I, I think the more we get, here's the deal, money is a is a logical conversation, but it provides an emotional ROI, good or bad. If if I if I understand that, if I understand that 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 money is logical, 
and what money having it or not having it does creates emotional health or sickness, emotional, I mean, economics, emotional sickness, which is stress coming from this money management, then I'm, you know, I'm ahead of everybody. And that's what Tom Sherman does. That's what all of our, our lead guys do. They try to make sure that a, you know, a 40 minute conversation is 30 minutes emotional and 15 minutes logical. That's straightforward. So powerful. So we, we yeah. are at half time of a, an epic call. I love the pre-frame you put on that question. So hopefully that's a takeaway for everyone. I want you to think about what are what are the core questions that are helping a family get more emotional with you and give you the roadmap to solve their problems emotionally and intellectually. One of the things I've done for, I don't know how many years, but before I do uh, interviews, I always do what I call think, feel, do. What, do. what do I want the audience to think? What do I want them to feel? And then of course, what do I want them to do? So I want you guys to think about that framework that Todd shared and 80% feel, 20% think. Now, one other thing I want to wrap around that, I do believe when it comes to a consumer, you need to get them to think and you need to, you know, that's why mortgage coach and the numbers are important so that they're clear analytically and emotionally. And then you need to tie it to goals, things beyond the transaction, because the transaction is think. It's very simple. It's very linear. Yeah. But when you go beyond the transaction, you've got them committed. So, Todd, within the next five, 10 minutes, I'd love to wrap up, call it the consumer part of the conversation and get into how do we apply some of these things to realtors. So, one, we've got two great questions we've given everybody. What's important about this mortgage? When do you want to, how old do you want to be when your home's paid off? What's another good consumer question that's going to drive this whole less is more? think, feel, do. What's another good question for consumers? Well, I think, you know, I think that if, if we start to look, and I don't want to go as deep as I could go, but there's about nine categories of questions when you really understand um, the power of questions. And one of the categories is called pain-based questions. And pain-based questions are usually rooted in fear. And it's not a negative fear. It's not a paralyzing fear. It's just fear. A first-time home borrower has a lot of fear. And our job as mortgage professionals is to um, calm down the fear and increase the confidence and the calmness of doing business together. So one of the most natural questions to a first-time home buyer is, what is your greatest fear about buying your first home? You want to talk about an emotional question. We come right out of the blocks. I'm not going to avoid fear because I don't want them to be afraid. They're already afraid. It's the biggest deal that they will have ever done in their life to this point. And so let's go with that. Let's ask a question about, so instead of asking what's important about a home loan to you, to a, a first-time home buyer, they're not going to know any of that. You could assume and you could say, most first-time home buyers don't understand the difference between an interest rate and a mortgage strategy. Okay, what I'm going to do uniquely and differently from most lenders is I'm going to talk to you about what is the strategy we create for you buying your first home so that you don't have fear and you have calmness and confidence. That gets a first-time home buyer just, I trust this guy, or I trust this gal, right? And so we look at pain-based questions and, and we, we go like, um, you know, another pain-based question is, what is your greatest challenge right now financially? That's a pain-based question. What is your greatest challenge right now financially? And if I'm a mortgage provider, I want to know that. I want to know the greatest pain points you have. And one of them could lead right into Dave's question, which is um, our greatest fear right now is we have three kids that are going to college. I have no idea how we're going to help them with their tuition. And I'm not sure we're saving enough to actually retire when I thought we'd be able to retire. I'm really scared about that. And I'm really worried about that. My response is that's got to be hard being afraid of the future as it relates to money is something that most people borrowing money to buy a home feel. What are your greatest fears right now? And how can I come alongside you and maybe help with that? So that's a, those are the kinds of questions that are, they're pain-based. I can, I can say to a borrower, you know, um, I can say to a borrower, um, are you aware? So are you aware questions? Just are you aware? And you guys could fill in the blanks, right? Are you aware? Because what, what the power behind are you aware, if you really understand this, is about nine out of 10 buyers 
don't have situational awareness around mortgage management and mortgage planning. They certainly don't have that if they're a first-time home buyer. So are you aware? And you could fill it in. So we could go like this. We could go, um, are you aware that the lowest interest rate with the wrong strategy can cost you more than a slightly higher interest rate with the right strategy? And most people would say, what does that mean? And that's the goal you have. The goal is to have people say, what does that mean? So that you could then begin to respond. Are you aware? And so you just figure it out, Dave, what's, what would be something you would throw in there? Are you aware? And you answer that. You mean as a consumer? Yeah, just like, like, like you're right now, we're, we're talking to the mortgage coach community. What's a question you would formulate based on your expertise around, are you aware? Oh, got it. So I am mortgage coach leader and giving, yeah. giving leadership. Well, so so are you aware that the more um, the mortgage strategy you pick is tens of thousands of dollars over the life of the loan more important than than your interest rate? Or are you aware that there's a big difference between the the lowest cost over time versus the lowest cost of the actual transaction? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. so guys, we could go a lot of places with this, but I think we've got five great questions that will help you talk less, sell more. So that means say less words, have a better conversion that would help you solve versus sell. And of course, you're in the mortgage coach community. Help you that, so that when you do show the total cost analysis to a family, it's like, wow. No loan officer has ever done this for me. And the beauty of all this, loan officers that do 500 plus loans a year use mortgage coach, they use high trust selling, they use the tactics and strategies we're teaching you to do more in less time, which was another part of this call where we're guys, the most successful loan officers are taking more vacation time. They have more balance in their life. Uh, by saying less, selling more, and delivering strategies versus rates. So Todd, I know you have something to say to that real quick. I'm going to let you do that. I do want to make sure we get to some realtor questions. So go ahead and say what you're going to say. And then I want to transition to some, you know, hey, I'm going to have a realtor meeting this week. What are some questions that can ask? But don't go there. Just answer this. And I have one other question. Let me, let, yeah, let me put an exclamation on what you just said. So, you know, I was talking with Denise down here this morning and, and you, the mortgage coach community knows her well. And, and she was on the mastery stage last year and she came to the uh, High Trust Sales Academy. It was called Boot Camp in 2013. And she had funded $7 million in loans. And last year she funded just shy of $200 million in loans. And one of the things she says is it's about the questions I ask. And, and I think that's so powerful. And if you saw her social post four days ago, uh, it was simply this, what's most important to you? Interest rate, payment, cost of borrowing over time. Those three questions were birthed two years before you started Mortgage Coach by the Mortgage Mastermind community. And today in 2021, you've got a top producer that's funded $200 million a year who's using the same questions that 90% of the competition doesn't use. And so I, I want you to, to really just do a very honest gut check right now. Before Stephen Covey died, he wrote a beautiful book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That book was in print for uh, 25 years before he died. It's still in print today. It's selling more copies than ever because it works. Habit number four, habit number four, habit number four, seek first to understand before trying to be understood. And that to me, if I took you back to Selling Basics 101, Seek first to understand before you try to be understood. And the problem that most mortgage people and most salespeople, uh, I was on a, a podcast yesterday with uh, Dustin Brome and, and Massive Agent, and the biggest problem with agents is they talk too much and, and they sell too much and they don't ask enough of the right questions. So if you're an agent and you're, and you're watching this, or if you're a lender and you want to coach your agents, your agents need to stop selling so much because sellers don't like it, buyers don't like it, and we're not effective. We're not, we're not productive. 
So anyway, that's the end cap there. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna post in your community. I'm gonna post um, the 15 questions that we teach in the Hydro Sales Academy. And I'll, actually, I'll shoot it over to you, Dave. After we're done, and you can post it for everybody. But yeah, spend your life perfecting questions, you guys. Spend your life perfecting questions. Be a be a a questionologist. <laughs> Just figure out what questions rock. So before I ask two more questions, I want you guys to see this. So this this is the post he just called out from Denise Donahue. Not only did you get five great questions, sounds like you're going to get 15 more or a total of 15, but this is a post you guys should just borrow and implement immediately. And for everybody in the mortgage coach community, this is a layup to the total yeah. cost analysis because most loan officers, they can tell what the APR is, they can't tell you what the cost of the loan is compared to another one over two years, three years, five years, seven years, whatever the period of time. So it, it plays right into your hands as a mortgage coach. And it's, guys, it's fiscally literate. It's the truth. It's what you should be asking. So Todd, before we close out on a couple of good realtor questions, I know you've got a big event coming up. And, and the thing I am super pumped about this event is that not only is it a great event for loan officers, for mortgage coaches, but it's a great event for real estate agents. And it's a great event for loan officers to watch with realtors. It's a great event to sign them up. So I also know you've spent hundreds of hours putting this thing together. So before we do the last question on real estate agents, tell us about irrefutable the five principles of high performance mortgage and real estate practices. You know, give us a, give us what, we can read your website and we'll put a link to it down below, but but what's not on the website that would be valuable to this community right now? Well, I would answer that by asking the entire community a question. Um, have you ever contemplated what it might feel like to 8X your income and cut your work week in half? I mean, just, that's the question. Have you ever really contemplated that? Another question would be, how many years could you shave off of your career if in the next 12 months you became four times more productive? That's a great question. You know, what is what is the greatest thing you anticipate happening in your business? And are you 100% prepared to make that happen? And the questions that drive kind of like, what does irrefutable really mean? And Dave, I think that, you know, right now I'll use it as an example. So irrefutable means it cannot be questioned or proven wrong. So we're having this dialogue about questions and the irrefutable truth about questions is found in principle number one of the five principles, which is everything can be improved. So everybody watching this right now, including myself, as I have a dialogue with you, I could improve right now how I'm interviewing with you. I could improve the questions that I ask. I could say something right now that is pretty good, but it's not great. And I need to realize that I could work on that. I could go to work on that and make that great. And so the question that has to be answered is, is do you understand what irrefutable means? And do you understand that there's five principles, period, that I believe are the central principles for building a high-performance mortgage and real estate practice? And if you understand those principles, then you can accelerate massively your success. And you can cut in half. New loan officers listen to this. The experienced ones like Denise and like Josh, and they don't have to work. They're, they're working because they have a machine. They have a, they, they're working now because they built things the right way. And they're constantly tinkering with improving what that looks like. So, Dave, we're going to do a four-hour live stream. Uh, it's sponsored by MGIC and Housing Wire. Um, you're a partner in helping us market it and get it out there. We have a discount promo code for mortgage coach users, but irrefutable is four hours. I want every lender to bring your top five agents. If you're an agent watching this, I want you to bring your lender. Um, we, we're going to have 5,000 people attend a four-hour live stream. I'm going to teach for four hours the five principles. I'm going to give you a 12-week implementation guide around the five principles, and then I'm going to give you the video to use for the next 12 months to continue to perfect the way that you execute these five principles. So we're excited about it's July 22nd, nine to one o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So guys, I just wanna make sure everybody clicks on the link down below. You know, I'm gonna go to the bottom. Guys, it's $99. Okay, 
and Todd Duncan spent over a hundred hours putting this together. So anyone that's ever been to a sales mastery stage, you know what a great job Todd does at curating content, at telling stories, reminding us things that we know we need to do. And then we always get new ideas. So click here. There is a mortgage coach discount code, which is MC50. So when you click this little button, guys, 49 bucks. Uh, and then the thing I love about it is I think as we enter halftime of 2021, it's just a great conversation to have with agents. Like, you know, not only are you going to get some personal development and some value, you're going to get some conversation points with your agents. And if you do get five of these and you do it with five agents or you have a watch party at your office, you're going to have, you're going to be the one that brought them new ideas. What happens when that happens? They emotionally connect. They appreciate you. You get more business, et cetera. So guys, check it out. Link down below, MC50. Uh, looks like uh, John, no brainer, just signed up. <laughs> Robert, thank you for getting that link. So if you're watching this in a recording in our YouTube channel, just down below where we have a description of this video, there'll be a link down below. So check it out. So, so Todd, we got... I don't know, we got 13 minutes left. And I would love to get some great questions for the next real estate meeting. You know, let's give them some leadership so that when they go into a real estate meeting this week, they're talking a little less, they're asking a little better. What comes to mind? Well, you know, I mean, the 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 tried and true um, idea behind this, Dave, is, and, and you might guys might want to write this down. I, I, I want to with, with, anybody, but particularly real estate agents, I want to ask questions that they have never been asked so I can learn things that they've never disclosed so I can solve things that they need solution for. I want to ask the questions they've never been asked so I can learn the things they've never disclosed so I can solve things they need to have solved. So that's the framework, right? And so the question that, that we teach that gets things going is something along these lines. So I would say to Dave, if he's a real estate agent, I would say, you know, hey, Dave, a lot of, a lot of agents think I'm in the business of doing loans. That's kind of a byproduct of what I do. I'm actually in the business of helping my agents succeed. And I know I can't do that without learning what's important about success to them. So as a real estate professional, as you think about the next 12 to 36 months, What's important to you about being a successful agent? Boom, that's it. And I just want to let that flow. Now, that's not a new question, Dave. We've been teaching that since I started the company, but it's surprising to me how many lenders don't ask those questions. So when we take a look at that and we deepen it, um, I like for agents, here's what I like. I like future questions. I don't like present questions. I like future questions. Present questions would be, here's a present question for an agent. What is the greatest pain you've experienced as a real estate agent over the last 12 months? And how could a lender solve that for you? That's a pain-based question. If I go to a future question, I could say, as a real estate professional, give me a clear idea of where you would like your real estate practice to be in December of 2024. Okay, I want to ask that question because what it's going to do is it's going to start to put a future on where I can help them. And if it's a new agent and you ask that question, you could frame, you could frame it like most lenders never ask their real estate agents where they want to be some point in the future. What I'd like to know is where do you see your real estate practice December 31st, 2024? And right then and there, I pretty much slayed all the other lenders, and I put myself in a position where as soon as I hear that, I could ask this. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being totally confident, how confident are you in your plan to get you there December of 2024? And nobody's going to give you a 10. So what you need to do is you need to understand that future questions are comparative in nature because they're not being asked them by their current lender. And you're going to start asking them because it fills the need of what's important about being successful to you. 
So when we look at future, um, we, we could say, if we describe your situation today as a real estate professional, what are some of the biggest changes you'd like to see happen in the next 12 months? That's a future question, okay? A comparative question is, once I ask that, I can come back and say, I know you're working with so-and-so at such and such. Does he know this? <laughs> it's a little bit of a risk, but it's a comparative question because if you ask the right questions, you can pretty much be assured that your competition isn't asking that. Or like, here's a great question. If you could wave a magic wand, what changes would you like to see a lender make to help your borrowers win? That's just a great question. It's just like, let's just lay it out there. And then if she or he tells me things that I know we do, now I can listen with the intent to solve instead of solving and hope that it connects. And we can just keep going on this. I mean, like to an agent, what is the most recurring problem you have that frustrates you every day in your profession? I mean, it's just, it's just a great question. Yeah, how really does that make, and then once they answer it, you go, so how does that make you feel? Well, I'm pissed, I'm frustrated, I'm stressed, I'm not happy. Well, do you have a solution to change that? No, would you like to, would you like to discuss one? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just having that kind of mindset that if I can ask pain, comparative and future oriented questions, I can usually connect emotionally in ways that I never have. So guys, I feel like Todd Duncan has absolutely killed it. He's given us big ideas to think about. He's given us specific tactical questions. He's given us words that matter. I, I just saw a comment from Deborah Bird, who is, I think, one of the, if not the top social media marketing consultant for mortgage professionals. She actually made that post for Denise Donahue, her twin sister. All right. And she just made the offer that I made that post. And if anyone wants a branded copy, so she's like, hey, I'll do it for you. <laughs> Email me at support at pluginplaysm.com. Now, I do, in full disclosure, while I do not have a financial interest in uh, Deborah Bird's success, my daughter, Sydney Savage, works for her. So help them, help them out. They will give you a <laughs> branded post. And, and uh, if you do work with Deborah, my daughter might be the one who's doing some of those posts. So very cool, man. So dude, we, love got, that. we got seven minutes left. Uh, if anyone has a question, I'll do some rapid fire questions before we wrap this thing up, put them in either Zoom or Facebook. And if you're watching the recording, we'll get your questions answered, put them down below. So Todd, knowing we got seven minutes left, what's, what's on your heart? I've been telling loan officers from stage that literally this decade could be the golden years. Like we've, you know, like we've got a link for families to fill out an app. I mean, guys, loan officers used to have to fill out the app. Now borrowers do. Uh, you got mortgage coach to provide options and future cash. You got HomeBot, you know, you got all this great technology to deliver value. So one, do you agree that this decade could literally be the golden years for referral-based local mortgage professionals? Thoughts on that? And then I'm going to give you a, whatever you want to say as we close it out. I, you know, I, I'm going to answer this in a way that most people may not expect it because the obvious answer could be yes. Um, I think what I want to say is I think any decade could be a golden decade for you if you follow the principles that are irrefutable. I mean, I really believe that, that one of the things I ask people is, would you like to do in 10 years what most of your competitors are going to take 40 to achieve? And 100% of the people even though they don't know how, would say yes. I believe that, I believe right now, I'm looking at, and I'm going to teach this in your refutable. I'm not going to teach it right now, but I'm looking at two documents. And the two documents, if you execute what I'm going to talk about in your refutable, will create a minimum of $7 million in cash flow for a loan rep every five years. So in the next 10 years, if you follow what I'm going to talk about, on July 22nd, you could make $14 million in 10 years. And the question would be, would that change your life forever? And the answer is going to be yes. 
More important than that is if you come alongside an agent and you bring your agents to irrefutable, I'm going to teach your agents how to make $9.6 million in five years. Okay, so that's $20 million in the next 10 years. Would your life be different if your agents relied on you for economic prosperity? And the answer is yes. And would you be able to wake up every day in a different state of mind if you had economic prosperity? And when you look at prosperity, I, I tell all of my elite guys and gals, this is about being prosperous. I got a text the other day from somebody who said, um, just got my year to date through May. I made $597,000 through May last year. It was $310,000. Thanks for helping me be elite. I love that. I got a text from one of our elite members at the, in the middle of April. And she said, I cannot believe this, but I just did my Q1 review. I made five hundred and four thousand dollars in net net revenue to me in the first three months of 2021 and i'm scheduled for 2.4 million for the year what would life be like if you can make two million dollars every year as a mortgage professional and in 10 years make 20 million dollars so the answer dave is yeah the next 10 years matter um, we have all the tools we have all the technology we have speed of of business efficiency um, the technology is not going to solve the humanity, though. I need you to understand that. All the technology in the world does not allow for emotional connection to automatically exist. If anything, it may take away from it if it's not positioned the right way. And so, yeah, if we can do more faster because we have technology, fantastic. If we can use tools that are created for greatness, like Mortgage Coach and like TCAs and like HomeBot, and annual client reviews and annual mortgage reviews? Absolutely. I know guys right now that are making a million dollars a quarter doing loans, $4 million a year. And all they're doing is following the five principles I'm going to talk about on July 22nd. So super exciting, Dave. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, it's been awesome, my brother. So, hey, someone just asked the question, the $50, if they're buying one ticket, it lowers the price. If they want to buy 10 tickets, um, does that lower at fifty dollars? Is it is it a one time fifty dollar reduction if someone wants to buy ten tickets? Can you go back to that screenshot? Do you have that handy of the pricing on Irrefutable website? Oh yeah, yeah. I was actually. Well, I'll just I'll point it out right now because it's a great question. So the individual tickets can be with a promo code can be forty nine dollars each. If we have um, somebody who desires to buy a block of tickets, stop right there. You can see the four ninety five per ten. You can buy up to 10 blocks, so you can buy up to 100 tickets for $4.95 per 10. And then over on the XXX, you can see that if you have, a, as a leader, if you have 300 plus attendees, it's only $30 a person. If you have 200 to $299, it's $40 a person. And if you have 101 to $199, it's $45 a person. And that's just a group contract. So there's, there's no way you can't get to irrefutable um, with a discount. So it's all, all right there on the website. Well, there you go, guys. Sign up, get the 10 tickets. You know, like, like this is the biggest no-brainer on the planet. Get 10 tickets. Uh, it's 10 great conversations with realtors. 10 times you get to say thank you to an agent. I care about your success. I bought you a ticket. And remember, guys, they not only have the event, you not only get a conversation, but they have it for a full year. So, so really, if you were really, to me, the advanced students are gonna go to this, they're gonna take great notes, they're gonna become one with it. And then every month, they're gonna be giving their agents reminders. Like this, this is a no brainer, guys. So I hope lots of you sign up. Mr. Todd Duncan, thank you so much for the hour of time today. Guys, if you got value from this, give us a like down below, share this with your mortgage friends. Can't wait to see you in the real world, Todd. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate all you guys. And uh, thanks for letting me uh, showcase this and have a great conversation today. I, I, I really value what you're doing, Dave, for the market. I value our history together. And it's great to plug into your group. Hey, I Cheers. am all in when it comes to high trust selling plus mortgage coach. Yeah. Best decade ever. Take care, y'all. Game changer. See you guys. Hi, this is Todd Duncan. On July 22nd, I'm bringing to the mortgage and real estate community my brand new workshop entitled Irrefutable, the five principles of high performance mortgage and real estate practices. 
In this four-hour live stream, I'm going to share these five principles, and I promise you they will guarantee not only profitable growth, production growth, efficiency growth, but they'll also serve to give you an insurance policy to handle any of the uncertainties about the future economy. Come join me on July 22nd by clicking the show notes and using the promo code TODD50, that's 50TODD50, and you'll get $50 off your ticket to Irrefutable. I look forward to seeing you online on July 22nd.